Alex DeBrinkett is now up for trade, and the Winnipeg Jets have become a name that is a potential suitor, right? DeBrinkett is one of those players the Jets did not actually get to draft despite having a pick that they certainly could have taken him with, and now things could come full circle if DeBrinkett were to join the Jets. But does the trade actually make sense? Is there anyone in Winnipeg who actually thinks DeBrinkett wants to sign here? We'll dive into all of that on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures You never miss another episode, but the most important thing is that we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's episode, obviously, like I said, there are a couple of major topics to discuss. The first uh, is one that kind of came out of left field, at least um, from the perspective of me not really having followed Ottawa over the past month or so. Uh, But this is something that's kind of been rumored for a while. So in and of itself, the rumor, not super shocking. Being linked to the Jets, that's kind of where I guess I raise a few eyebrows. And it, of course, involves Alex DeBrinkett. Now, DeBrinkett hasn't been linked to the Jets officially by anyone particularly famous, which means this is all just speculation. But the Jets, in the sense, have had discussions about a trade package in the past. Exactly what was involved is not entirely clear. But the Jets and Suns, at one point earlier this year, they were talking about something. They were cooking a deal, and it fell through. Again, we don't know what it was for, whether it was maybe Dylan DeMello going home uh, or for some other trade asset. But quite honestly, the Sens could have used numerous players from the Jets roster uh, at any point over the past month or, or, or past couple of months. And, you know, there's a reasonable argument that there is a natural symmetry for some kind of a deal. Uh, you know, Shane Pinto might have been involved in something. I have no clue uh, what would be coming back to the Winnipeg Jets, but the Suns certainly have young assets that technically could help the Jets now. So talking about the Brinkett, right? I like Alex. I think he's a great player. Um, He's one of those guys where when the Jets drafted Logan Stanley, you know, Winnipeg kind of gave up a lot of potential after that because the Brinkett was taken much later and was just one of many players that the Jets really could have, um, just held on to like their first rounder uh, that was later in the first round and just waited for you know that pick and they would have gotten a Girard, uh, a DeBrinket, any number of really good NHLers who uh, have had quite the career since joining the league. Meanwhile, Logan Stanley still struggles to get in as a seventh defender, but that is a rant for a separate time. DeBrinket is one of those players who's super creative, like a, a legit offensive dynamo. I think the past couple of seasons for him have certainly been on the, um, you know, the the worst end of the spectrum of his career. Defensively, things have kind of fallen apart. Offensively, he was not creating as much individually as he did when he first joined the league. But 
you can imagine that if he joins the right team, DeBrinket would be very explosive, a super fun player, uh, very smart at even strength and on the power play, just a great attacking threat with a great shot, smart uh, positioning and offensive instincts. And, you know, obviously a clear upgrade for Winnipeg's top six, especially one that has struggled to put away the points over the past couple of seasons. But the problem with DeBrinket is pretty simple. He's, you know, a restricted free agent, and he doesn't want to sign with the Sens. So assuming he doesn't want to sign with the Sens, it's really hard to imagine why he would want to sign with the Jets, right? You know, Ottawa is one of those teams that's pretty fun. Um, I think that longer term, they've got a bright future. They've got a number of assets that they can use to start pooling in some major trade pieces. Uh, when I've talked about the Sens before, I've kind of listed them as a team that I think makes a lot of sense for Connor Hellebuck. You know, you could also imagine any number of other players, whether it's Dubois or Shifley potentially being a match there as well. But I think when it comes to what specifically the Sens need, I look at Hellebuck as probably the lead candidate. You know, this guy in net for the Sens would be uh, what you might say is the missing piece for the team. Ever since they lost Philip Gustafson in that trade that I don't think really worked out for them as well as they expected, you know, you kind of see um, the, the guy between the pipes as a bit of a liability, and Hellebuck would cover a lot of that. If DeBrinkett were to come to the Jets, obviously Ottawa would probably have to um, add some stuff, you know, if the Jets are trading back a major asset, because DeBrinkett right now, I, I don't really know what his value as an RFA is, especially with such a high qualifying offer, which means, you know, not many teams are going to be in the price range to afford a long-term extension. If DeBrinkett were to come to Winnipeg and was willing to sign a long-term deal, hey, you know, I'd certainly be more open to it. But as of right now, I just don't really think there's any indication that DeBrinkett is interested in signing with the Jets. Not that I'm ruling it out completely, but we all know how free agents with the Jets tend to be. We know that Winnipeg is also trying to be a little more cost conscious. For me, I just don't really see a natural symmetry here for this particular trade unless it's to flip the brink it elsewhere. But at that point, why bother? I, I just feel like you're you're better off trying to trade Hellebuck or any of these other assets to teams with more futures. But like Winnipeg has said, they don't want futures. They want players who can help now. So Watch them do this for DeBrinket and watch us all be very upset when in, you know, a couple of months we're talking about, oh, what's the next team for DeBrinket? Because it's not going to be the Jets. <sighs> Always a fun time when you're thinking about bringing in um, restricted free agents just uh, to inevitably have to flip them later. Not really an ideal situation. And as cool as DeBrinket would be for the Jets, yeah, I, I just don't really think that deal makes a lot of sense unless Winnipeg as it's back against the wall and somehow knows more about um, the Brinkett's free agency plans than any of us do. But we'll have to keep an eye on that one. There may be more smoke uh, to that fire over the next few weeks. But in the meantime, uh, I thought it would be worth talking about another area where the Jets might be considering some trades. I don't know. It's hard to say how Winnipeg ultimately views the back end. The blue line this year in general performed better for me than it did last year with some obvious caveats. We'll talk about how the Jets really should start to format their defense uh, of the future. And then to close us out later tonight, we'll talk about the uh, the second game of the Stanley Cup Finals and how the series has gone for ex-Jets head coach Paul Maurice. But before we go any further, I don't want to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. 
for a championship team, it's all about having uh, every player be the right fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. The next time you need parts and accessories, look no further than eBay Motors. With eBay Motors, you can get eBay's guaranteed fit, where you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check mark to know the part will fit. And if it doesn't, you get your money back. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. And when you shop with eBay Motors, you'll be back in the game in no time. With their selection of over 122 million guaranteed parts to choose from, you'll always have a great selection backed by eBay's guaranteed fit. It's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed at the right time, every time. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices with ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On. Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are talking about a couple of different things. Obviously, the Debrinket news has probably been one of the biggest uh, bits to, to hit Jets Twitter. I'm sure you've all been following social media and you've seen the buzz around Debrinket to Winnipeg being uh, legitimate in some respects, but probably not that likely. Now, I think in the other side of things, one thing I've been thinking about longer term is how the Jets can not only solve the the goal-scoring issue, but also work on the defense. One thing that I think has helped the Jets in the past is having a blue line that's very active and has puck movers. I think one thing that people didn't really understand with Dustin Bufflin before he left was that when it came to guys who were such a force at both ends of the ice, Bufflin was a monster. Truba, even though he wasn't quite as good as he was when he first was drafted, um, you know, towards the end of his Jets tenure, he was also still a very active attacking blue liner and had a monster shot that he didn't always use uh, to to his advantage, but certainly at least put pucks on that and created some really good scoring opportunities. And that with your top four, also including Josh Morrissey, Toby Enstrom, um, a, a pretty great top four all around that unfortunately the Jets have never really replicated since then. And it's understandable. You know, you lose a Hall of Fame caliber defender in Bufflin and a top four uh, right-handed D in Truba, even though I know his uh, Rangers tenure hasn't exactly been as good as he'd hoped. Um, still, the Jets have really struggled to replace that impact. And I think for me, you know, with the Jets having finishing issues and uh, likely needing to move towards a more cost-efficient cost model uh, going forward for their wages, I think it would behoove Winnipeg to start thinking about how to make their blue line more uh, active and involved in the offense. Bones has kind of shown his hand at times, letting guys be more aggressive and letting them pinch up higher up the ice, offer more support for outlets. But in critical moments this season, especially in the second half, we saw that become um, less of a frequent occurrence. And I think for me going forward, the Jets really need to have a mobile attacking back end that helps with transition and also offers puck support, you know, either below the goal line or around the face-off circles. I think the Jets became a little too reliant on trying to fire things from like a mile out, and that doesn't really suit the way the Jets are built. You know, you can't keep going for tip deflections and stuff, trying to find some sort of a, a bit of a lucky goal off of somebody's butt cheek, right? You need to go in closer. You need to create chaos down low. And I think that's where 
the Jets can really make their bread and butter, even if they have limited finishing talent going forward. So the defense, you know, I, I think going forward, I really do think you need to start involving Heinola. I know that people have always been very mixed on Billy, and at times his own performance has been very up and down. But we've seen at times uh, last season when he had a, a really good stretch right before he got injured, you saw him change his game uh, quite a bit. I thought that he had a good balance of some really smart defensive reads while also jumping into the play at times and trying to create offense with some good passes. Uh, I, he's one of the best um, defensive zone passers that I've seen, especially getting the puck up the ice for breakouts. And he's also very active when he's in possession, but sometimes he didn't always use that as much, I think because he was afraid to make mistakes and he didn't want to get himself in trouble and get himself benched. There were games where I think he was really holding back and when we've seen what he's done with the Moose, what he's done for Team Finland, I really feel like there is a much better player there that could really help the Jets, especially with Winnipeg now having a, a likely Darth of scoring talent going into next season. Now, I'm not going to say that Heinle's finishing is going to suddenly improve the Jets. I think that is maybe a little bit ambitious. You know, his finishing with the Moose has been pretty good. But I think for the most part, what you want with him is that passing and mobility, that kind of stuff can really start to open up defensive structures and give you more opportunities to find those open shooting lanes. You know, Kyle Connor has kind of found himself uh, getting marked out all the time. Passes don't arrive to him quickly enough. He struggles to get into the right positions and teams have read him easily. I feel like a player like Heinle could actually help guys like Connor who maybe need some more assistance getting into those really prime dangerous areas, especially unmarked. And, um, you know, Billy, I, I think, has the right skill sets to actually suit what Bones wants to do with this team longer term. And also, Billy's got a nastier edge than you think. He might look like a small dude, but he is not afraid to throw his weight around, and he'll crush people left and right. I think other on the other side of things, I think the other uh, focus you want to have is, is swapping Billy in for players like um, Brendan Dillon, who, while defensively resolute, the biggest problem with a guy like Dillon is that offensively, he's just not really big into, tra into transition and creating scoring opportunities. He's a very physical, strong defender in his own end, but when it comes to stuff further up the ice, that's where you kind of notice his limitations. And I think the Jets are going to have to become more comfortable maybe exchanging that for more uh, free-flowing offense. You don't want to abandon defensive structure, and that's where a guy like Dylan Sandberg, I think, is really primed to step into a big role. But we saw with Josh Morrissey this year that Morrissey defensively was kind of a train wreck, and that's okay because he brought so much offensively that you really just can't complain. He was like an elite top-pairing attacking blue liner, and I'm not saying that Heinola or anyone else is going to step into that role and become that level of player. But I think you can still, at, at least bare minimum, make this Jets defense faster. And I think it would really help the Jets forwards because, you know, the, the blue line having heavy feet means that they get caught on counters. And when the Jets forwards are way up high up the ice uh, looking for offense, you know, not having anyone covering back or able to assist and offer more outlet support has uh, occasionally put the Jets forwards in a really tight bind. So add more mobility this offseason, make it a faster unit, and maybe even make it a cheaper unit if you can move players like Schmidt and Dylan somehow and create some openings for young roster defenders, maybe with a moose or elsewhere. The Jets have lots of opportunities to start experimenting and giving this future team um, a bit of a makeover, but 
We'll see if they actually do it. Winnipeg has always been very hesitant to do so, and at times they rely on some of the uh, old tropes about what you want in a blue liner that has put the Jets in maybe a, a tougher spot. But let me know what you want this blue line of the future to look like and how you think the Jets should format the defense. In just a little bit, we're going to take a pause on Jets talk and talk about how ex-Jets are doing, more specifically Paul Maurice as head coach of the uh, Florida Panthers in Game 2 of the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll dive into all of that in just a moment. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us for these final thoughts as we close out with some thoughts on the Stanley Cup Finals. Obviously, Game 1 did not go Florida's way. Game 2 very much also did not go Florida's way, even more so. Uh, the Panthers just look like they might be a little bit cooked. Um, the Vegas Golden Knights have really started to find uh, their stride, which is funny to say about a team that has been a Stanley Cup finalist already within the first uh, five years of its existence. In fact, the very first year it came into fruition, that team went all the way. And we know how that was because that was supposed to be Winnipeg's year and it wasn't. It feels like Vegas is kind of repeating history here against the uh, Florida Panthers. What's interesting in these games is that the Panthers actually create quite a bit of offensive opportunity. Uh, you know, we see lots of chances down low. We see chaos, rebounds, good uh, counters. And Aiden Hill and the Vegas Knights defense have blocked or shut down almost all of it. Back at the other end, you know, when Florida gives up a counter or makes a mistake and turns the puck over, it's ended up past Bobrovsky. There are moments where Bobrovsky just doesn't even seem to see the puck. And all of a sudden, it's behind him, and he just looks unbelievably frustrated. And I think this is a good illustration of what happened um, in series with, like, the Jets and the Knights, right? You know, the, the thing with Vegas is that they're so well-schooled on taking advantage of mistakes. Chandler Stevenson, uh, Mark Stone, William Carlson, Marcheseau, all of these guys are so smart at retrieving the puck immediately as soon as they see a mistake and punching it right past a goalkeeper. They're very opportunistic. They can be outplayed and still be as dangerous as they would be if they were dominating and controlling play. And in this game, they definitely had the edge. Um, and it's crazy because the Florida Panthers are a very strong team. And up until now, Bobrovsky was essentially uh, running really for the Conn Smythe Trophy. But since uh, this series has kind of kicked off, I'm sure that's now going to cool. He's been really rough, and it's not all, all on his fault. I think, you know, you see the Panthers trying to come up with the answers to uh, get around the fact that they have just not really been able to find a way past Aiden Hill, and I think that's very frustrating for the Panthers. I don't know that it's going to last. Um, I do wonder if on home turf, you know, this series uh, ends up getting evened up, but if they don't find a way to reverse this really quickly – they're going to be on the wrong end of a, a pretty disappointing end to their season. Uh, we all saw what happened the last time Maurice faced Vegas. It did not go well for uh, the Jets, and it looks like it's not going super well for the Panthers. I guess for Florida, the one solace they can take is that, um, you know, it's not like Vegas's defense has been immortal. They've given up plenty of chances and opportunities. It's just finding a way to get that extra bounce and putting at least a little bit of doubt in their minds. So far, Vegas is very much playing with house money and taking advantage of every single mistake. So if Florida can, you know, clean up their, their turnovers, 
find a few past Aiden Hill and kind of uh, get at least a little bit of self-confidence. Maybe they can turn the tide of the series and push forward. But I would probably not put, put money on that. 90-plus percent of teams that have gone two up in a Stanley Cup final series have won. So, yeah, here come the uh, the Stanley Cup winners, Las Vegas Golden Knights. <sighs> it It is pain. But at least their Twitter account's funny, right? Small victories. Let me know who you're rooting for the Stanley Cup Finals in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's show, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day every day. Every day, as you can rejoin us back here tomorrow for yet another episode. We'll dive into all sorts of more fun off-season content. But like I said, for tonight's show, that is all the time that we have. We will see you back here tomorrow. And as always, have a great night and go Jets go.